I have to interrupt this episode to tell you something I've been dying to share with you. Have you heard of the company Habits365? You haven't? <laughs> Do you live in the cave? <laughs> I support Habits365 because you get great quality clothes, and by you giving money to them, you're helping spread positivity every day of every year. What's better than that? I'll tell you what's better than that. If you buy something from them and you by clicking on the link below going to their website use promo code faithful film fanatic in all caps and i'll save you some money too so really it's a win-win what are you waiting for let's get back to the episode what part of the country well, you live in Terry? um i uh live in uh, eureka springs arkansas okay and you're in California, right? Yeah, I'm in LA. LA, all right. Well, um, <laughs> welcome to Faithful Film Fanatic. And today I have actor Dean uh, Simon. I want to thank you for your Simone. Is that what you said? Simone. Yeah, there you go. Simone. Simone. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you for your time. And uh, I was curious since you've been an actor and you've been in stuff. Um, what made you want to start acting? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I grew up um, loving movies. I was always into that stuff and music. I'm a musician as well. So, you know, that was always kind of in the back of my mind, something I really enjoy. But my main thing, the thing that I really loved the most was sports and um, especially football. But as I got older, I realized that there was not a whole lot of uh, call for um, small but slow offensive linemen. So, uh, you know, there's just not a whole lot of 160 pound offensive linemen out there <laughs> making things happen. So uh, I started in high school kind of going, well, you know, I don't think that's going to be the world for me. And uh, the drama teacher said on a dare, uh, if you come out for the school play, I'll, I'll give you the lead if you want to do it. And I did it and I really got the bug and I just kept going from there. And uh, you wrote uh, Game Day. What inspired you to write it? Well, I had um, had a, a friendship, uh, you know, for, for many years with the director. In fact, he uh, he directed me in my very first movie. I got my SAG card on his movie. <laughs> so I've known him for, for a while and we would go years losing touch with each other and then see each other again. And we ran into each other because I had another script, uh, one that I'm actually getting ready to uh, uh, I'm in pre-production with right now that I, he had read and really liked. And, uh, he, he said, well, you know, I'd like to do something, you know? Um, and I said, yeah, that would be great. And he pitched an idea about doing something about my family. So I wrote this one with him. Um, I came up with a, a an idea about maybe the arena and where to put it. And he came up with ideas. He's a really brilliant guy. He's a great writer. And, uh, we just, uh, wrote it over this COVID vacation and then we made it over the COVID vacation. <laughs> so we're still on COVID vacation. I imagine with the uh, COVID, there were a lot more challenges than what you've been used to in the past with writing this and making it into a film. Yeah, there was. I mean, um, we, we, we did the things that we needed to do on set. We kept the protocol. It was a, not a huge crew, so um, it made it easier to, uh, to keep everybody safe and do the things that we needed to do. Um, 
it was it was incredible. Really, honestly, it was a blessing that the way that everything just came together, fell together. Um, every aspect of it was just uh, was just charmed and blessed. So uh, we were we were very fortunate that it came out, especially to be able to have made it during this period of time. And I think the one that one period that we made it um, was when it was getting a little bit better. So it sort of opened up a little and then it's shut down again. So, I mean, it just couldn't have worked better with timing. And that's, that's how it got done. Thank you, God. Amen that, amen. I uh, thought everyone in this movie did an amazing performance and it was put together really well. And I was curious, are you like a method actor? Do you go home? in your character or do you put, leave your character on set when you leave for today? Well, that's a really hard thing to just leave it be. And I definitely believe in, you have to get yourself in a place that's real. I mean, I don't think you can lie to people. I don't think that's ever the way to uh, do a performance. Uh, Edgar is very similar to that as a director and he really prides himself on getting, um, getting realistic, uh, heartfelt um, performances from people. And I think it's really, there's two parts of the equation. I think one part of the equation with acting is to make sure that you're giving a real emotion and you're in a real place and people can sense that so that you're not lying to them. Um, and then the second thing is to make interesting choices, you know, things that the character could do, things that the character could say, ways that the character could say it. Um, that make it interesting and, and 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 fun to watch and unpredictable to watch. So a method actor, yes, in the sense that I definitely believe that you have to have that 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 sense memory and that and that truth in the performance. And uh he's a great director um at making sure that there's no fake moments. Um and if there is, he lets us know. <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's part of being a good director. Um yeah. Was there anything that you did offset that you're like, that is so what Zach would have done? Like, not you, but like you did it because that's what Zach would have done. Well, yeah, I mean, I think so, so much of Zach is, 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 is rooted in me. I mean, there's some aspects of Zach that are not like me um, in that I'm a, I think a more decisive person than Zach, than Zach is for sure. Um, but Trying to fix things, uh, that's unfortunately uh, been part of my thing for a long time. Not that fixing things is bad, but, you know, it, it can – it's not our responsibility to fix other people's lives all the time. I find myself being a referee a lot of times in life, as does Zach. So there's some things that are definitely based in, in reality. Um, certainly, there's aspects of the relationships with um, – my middle son, who um, is not a drug addict in real life, um, <laughs> but is a musician, and we do have a volatile relationship with each other, even though there's a great deal of love. Um, we do definitely have our moments, uh, no doubt about it. Um, every character has some basis of the person of parallels in my life. There's also some dramatizations is, you know, it's a, it's a drama, not a documentary. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, people will say, <laughs> Terry, people will go, wow, man, I didn't know it was so bad. And it's like, it's, 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 it's not that bad. It's, it's, uh, 
you know, it's a drama. So <laughs> yes, there are parallels and there are parallels between me and Zach, but um, certainly uh, it's not exactly the same. Well, I feel like that it was done really well because I feel like most movies that come out for a while have been pretty trashy and it's been story driven. And uh, I feel like that's a mistake a lot of movies make. And whereas this story was more character driven and it was about the characters and it was done in a way I have not seen very much because I felt like I could see my own family and, and myself with these characters where I've never really seen that in a whole lot of other movies. And I felt like I was there with the Fort family amongst all the chaos. Well, first of all, thank you, Terry, for saying that. I, I no can't tell you how, how much uh, I appreciate that. And that is definitely the aim. Um, yeah, I mean, we wanted it to be character and relationship driven. Um, there's a lot of relationship things going on. There's a lot of things happening between father and son. There's things happening between mother and daughter. Um, let's face it. I mean, we all, all of us and all of our families, we live... Uh, Largely unresolved lives, uh, unresolved with our parents, unresolved with our children, sometimes unresolved with our spouses or our friends. And, uh, you know, you spend a lot of time trying to reconcile um, those relationships and figure out ways to navigate through them and uh, to survive as you're as you're doing it. And we really wanted to show that all those characters were at various varying stages of trying to do the right thing, not doing the right thing at all, you know, kind of doing the right thing, thinking they're doing the right thing. And by doing that, they're actually, you know, holding other people back in the story. So um, we felt that if we got the relationship stuff right, that the story would unfold for from that and that each scene would contain its own little story and would have its own drama that was uh, that was unfolding. So we tried to keep it true to life and we tried to keep it um, definitely uh, true to the characters. And we we rehearsed, we talked at length about the characters, uh, the cast. I can't say enough about the cast. Every member of the cast was fantastic and, and giving and um, and just in it, in it so strong. Um, it was a pleasure and it, it definitely made a difference. I uh, I really liked the uh, actor that played Vince a lot. I felt I saw a lot of myself in him and his performance. Yeah, Mike uh, is is an absolutely phenomenal actor. I love the scenes that we did together. Um, Mike is a great guy too, and a fantastic singer as well. He's a he's a musician and a, and a singer too. He he does uh, he, he's in a band and he does that stuff. But I thought his acting was tremendous, grounded, and. Um, the character, uh, you know, uh, Vince's character is based on my oldest son. Um, again, some similarities, some vast differences. He's happily married and, you know, he's uh, he's head of a science department. He's not just, you know, um, subbing, though he did start as a sub and there were times in his life when he went through that. Um, but um, I just think Mike did such a great job um, bringing the, the humanity to that character. And uh, he's, he's, he's a terrific guy and a terrific actor. Yeah. And um, it's kind of funny, but when uh, Jamie's um, 
the actress that played Jamie later on in the movie when she uh, did something that I didn't like that she did to your character, I I was so mad at her <laughs> character. So I thought that she did an amazing performance. Just yeah, <laughs> that's Val McAdoo. And Val, Val is also one of the co-producers on it. And Val is just uh, another tremendous actress, just completely gives it her all, throws it out there, pulls no punches um, with what she does in life or on screen. <laughs> Val, <laughs> Val definitely is a, is a, she's fantastic. And she's honest and uh, always every, it was, she was a joy to work with. All her performances were we're definitely out there. We really, um, we really clicked well. And um, yeah, I can't, can't say any, can't say enough higher about her. She's just a tremendous person. And we had a great time on the scenes, had a great time exploring things. And that was another thing that was really cool about Edgar. He, he's always kind of lets you try things out, see what happens, tweak this, tweak that, move this, move that. And, you know, when you have that kind of an environment, it's easy to create stuff that's really uh, exciting. That's awesome. Um, what what was the hardest uh, scene to act in the movie? Wow. Uh, physically, the hardest scene to act was the scene when the physical confrontation with me and um, Marco, who's played by Nick McCormick, and Nick is a uh, is a muscular six foot two. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a uh, and I'm a whopping six foot or a five foot nine, hundred and sixty pound guy. So I mean, it was uh, it was definitely. Uh, but it was funny, you know. I'll tell you, Terry. In the scene, um, we're going at each other, and Val, man, she's like she's got a background as a dancer, so she's got these strong legs, and literally, she picked me up, and she just moved me. I was like, wow. But physically, that was that was definitely the most difficult scene to do, and it was emotionally pretty draining too. But I'll tell you, we did um, we went all day on that one. My wife had flown in from um, from LA to stay for a few days, and she saw that was her first day that she was there, and she was her jaw hit the ground. I mean, it was it was intense. That one, and then the um, the scene that I think that you're talking about, the one scene with me and Val. Um, later uh when we kind of have a, a confrontation not a confrontational but like a a, a a epiphanal moment moment when when kind of a lot of things come to a head that was an emotionally draining scene to do man i just felt exhausted after that one so those two were definitely i think the most draining and also the scene with shelly who played my mom who's another terrific actress the scene uh, with her uh when we have kind of our major confrontation was another another one if this was not light fair man it was not a hallmark movie <laughs> i got done man i was like i was ready to uh to, to hit the pillow every night man so it definitely was a it was a, it was a workout um did you find it was more difficult to uh keep the audience engaged just being in one place Throughout the whole movie, does that make it more difficult? Or that's a really, that's a great question. Um, no, I don't. I mean, it can be, but I think that the one thing that is um, that it's really all about is what we touched on earlier, Terry, which is um, 
you absolutely have to um, have something going on in every scene where there are two characters or three characters, but basically there's two main characters in a scene where this character wants to get here and this character wants to get there. And it's that, it's that crossing of streams and that battle for each person to get to that spot. Most the time an audience will stay engaged with that as long as you're giving them that in every single scene. If they're getting that feeling that, okay, this isn't this isn't trumped up conflict. This is real conflict because the interests of these characters do not coincide. You could you can literally put something you know in a thimble for for an hour and a half, and people will be engaged as long as they feel like that's going on. And I we did our best in the writing to make sure that every scene had that going on and that the stakes were real and that they were definitely um, two people or three people that were pitted against each other. So when you do that, and hopefully we, we were able to do that, you, you get people not noticing, Oh my God, we're in, we're in one place as much because they're emotionally in all kinds of places. And, um, that's the most important thing so that's true that that's definitely something i feel like a lot of movies miss uh my friend was in um, college and he was taking this course and they were talking about how there's this um, theory or list that shows that any story you come up with is going to fall in one of 30 categories you can't come up with a story that's not in one of these 30. And so every wow. story, every story, you, no matter how you think of a story, it can't be original because someone else has already done it. And so, like the best way to have an original story is through the characters, and that's what I thought this movie did so well with. Well, thanks for saying that, Terry. And that's I, I really like your observation. I think I think you're you're absolutely on the mark with that. And that is true. It's like no two no two snowflakes are alike, and I guess no two humans are alike. So I think as long as that's a very that's a great point. I haven't had anybody say that to me yet, but you really uh, struck something there. Yeah, you're right because it's as individual as, as the human and the person is. So as long as you're doing that, it's you know it you're going to give them something that's unique and that's real. Um, but you're right. I'm sure, I'm sure it does narrow down to 30 stories. It, it probably is less. I, I guess, you know, probably, I mean, maybe probably yeah. well, that's a very, that's a very astute point. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And I think that's a, that's a good thing um, for any uh, screenwriter and filmmaker to, to hear it because I think uh, it, it definitely puts in a perspective, no doubt. Cause if, the movie Game Day was all about family watching, uh, sitting around and watching a football game, and there's nothing else going on. It, it wouldn't have been the same movie. No, it would have been. And, and, would, and really, that's the thing about it is, is that has so little to do with um, really what the movie is about. I mean, they, they could have been sitting around, you know, watching water polo. I mean, I think that the one, the one aspect of it is being um, – from that area and being from Philadelphia and knowing what that Philadelphia uh, versus Dallas rivalry is like and what's that what that is about, I will tell you, <clears throat> it definitely you know spurs on uh, confrontation uh, and that's that was not dramatized. I mean that is something that I've seen growing up in my entire life. 
Um, it is such an emotionally charged environment to watch a Philadelphia Eagle football game. That is not a that is not a joke or a device. It's actually a fact. And you add the Dallas Cowboy factor to it, and uh, you can times it times two or three. But I'll, I'll tell you, Terry, what's the most pathetic thing is that for Eagle fans, you know, Dallas is our rival, but we're so unimportant to Dallas that we're not even their rival. Like Washington. <laughs> <laughs> but we hate you and they're like well yeah we hate you too but, but we hate them more so you're like you're like second string <laughs> that's pretty that's, funny yeah it's well that's philly man that's philly Philly's so place. I'm, I'm guessing you're a big uh football fan yeah i am i i um i grew up Wanting to to be a player, as I said, but being small but slow definitely hampered that uh, dream. And then uh, I I've been fortunate enough most of my time out here. I came out here when I was eighteen, and I've um, made a living on and off at being an actor and being a musician. But about ten years ago, it was kind of like I finally turned the corner for good, and I've been able to not have to have straight jobs or do anything like that. But at one point, like is the character uh, Zach is, uh, the position he's in, I was waiting tables, but I was also a high school football coach, and I did that for 15 years. So football is definitely a massive part of our family. And um, so, yeah, no, that was that was not dramatized. That was that was real. We're definitely big football people. I've heard uh, from other actors like how tough the industry is and how uh, much people get rejected and it's just not an easy thing to uh, pursue. And I was just curious, have you, you ever, when you started out, did you ever get to the point where you thought that you weren't going to make it? Like you thought you needed to give up and do something else? Well, <laughs> You know, you got to have a real, real healthy uh, dose of self-delusion. You know, that's like you got to walk <laughs> in with lots of, of, of strong abilities to, to kid yourself. Um, yes and no, Terry. I, I will tell you this. I've, I've always been a, uh, a positive person. And I think that um, I always felt that in some way, shape or form, it was going to happen. And it's all, it's been, it's, it's been such a strange ride because I mean, literally I would get going and think, okay, here it is. I'm, I'm on my way. You know, I was with William Morris agency. I was on facts of life. I was on NYPD blue. I would have these moments and then I would have moments where I was on nothing and, uh, I couldn't catch a cold. And I was like, you know, um, working at a construction site or waiting tables or something. So, you know, I had it going both ways, but I will say this, I always was able to rebound and come up and hit a period of time where I was making money and it was doing well. So, you know, hope springs eternal. All you need is that, you know, that little, you know, that little thing, like Jim Carrey says in Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying I got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what it, that's what it is. You know, it's like, okay. So, um, no, I, I think there were moments but the closest I think I got, I was really uh, thinking of getting my uh, certification to teach and really jump into uh, act, uh, to, uh, coaching full time. But, um, you know, as as luck would have it, 
work started coming in and then that was it. So I haven't looked back since that point. That's good. I feel like um, optimism is the best way to live. It, 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 I think it is. And, 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 um, and faith. And I am definitely a uh, person with a lot of faith. Uh, I, I am a devout Catholic. I go to church weekly. You know, I, I don't push my beliefs on other people, but I will say for me, um, it has made a big difference. I always have faith that God's got it. And I just try to say, okay, this kind of sucks right now. But whatever it is, I know uh, it's going to come out the way you want it to come out, Lord. So there you go. I'm letting it go. And, and you know, it it, it has always worked out for me and, it, and it's never failed. So faith, I think, has been actually even bigger for me than probably the greatest optimism I could master up my, on my own. That's awesome that uh, you uh, believe in God, and I believe in God too. And um, I know this has nothing to do with the movie, but uh, out of curiosity, what's your uh, testimony? <laughs> well, um, I'm, no, I doesn't. I'm glad. It, I'm glad to not. It doesn't have to have something to do with the, mo the movie. You know, um, for, for for me, it just is. Um, <laughs> What can I say? There was not, not one thing or one moment where I went, oh, my God, I'm I'm lost or I, I need this. You know, I was raised um, in a pretty uh, devout Catholic environment um, uh, for two years. I got to a point where I was like, you know, I don't know, I was like 18 years old or something. And I was like, oh, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in this stuff. And I didn't really believe that. But I think intellectually i thought that was where i needed to be or that was that made the most sense but i snapped out of that so fast and i think that i can tell you this in every aspect of my life every single time that i've ever been at that point where i'm like wow i'm in trouble wow that my back is really against the wall and i've said you know jesus just help me god help me in this situation please i have never 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 been let down or let to fall in any of those situations. And it seems to me, as they say, he may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. And uh, that has been the case uh, for me. And uh, like I said, that is the greatest difference in my life. I am no holy roller. As you can see, I can I can cuss up a blue streak and I can drink with the best of them. So I'm definitely <laughs> not, a, not a perfect person. And uh, and uh, but I do know that God forgives me for all of my imperfections. And I, you know, I, I I'll share this with you. I heard um, I went to uh, I went to mass yesterday with my family and um, preacher. Uh, the priest had a great sermon and he was talking about how. In every face that we see, in the face, and as I, as I look at you and you look at me and we look at the people that we deal with every single day, you know, there's an opportunity there. Those people are looking at us and their eyes are on us to what what will we do? You know, what will we be for them? And there's a quote about Walt Whitman that said that each one of us in our eyes and in our face carry letters from God to the people around us. So um, we have to be there for each other. And I think that's the main, main thing, you know, is if we put it in our minds every day to be there for each other every single day that we can um, and help each other out, 
I think everything else takes care of itself. So with that, and I'm paraphrasing his sermon, but, you know, it was a very touching sermon and everybody was moved. You could really feel it. So we stood up at one point to, uh, I said, the uh, our father and this 80 year old woman stood up and she passed out, hit her head on the floor. And it was right at that moment that that sermon that that priest had just said completely was like everybody rallied around this woman. Now I think she's she's okay. She's going to be okay. But it was just incredible to see right there, right there, just as he said it, just as we thought it, just as we felt it, it was God works through us and we have to do our part, you know, because that's that's what it's all about. And um, getting back to to the film and to what we try to say in the film, you know, it's basically like to thine own self be true. You have to be true to yourself. But in the same respect, if by being true to yourself, it means that you're destroying somebody else. There is there is no way that you're going to reach a happiness and a fulfillment and a decency in your life. Um, we have to give and we have to be there for others. So if you're asking me what my testimony is, that's my testimony is that we are not there for us. We're there for each other and we're there to do positive things and do God's work for each other. So there's my long-winded answer on that, man. But if you get me started on that, I could talk three hours. <laughs> I I totally uh, I totally believe the same thing. I feel like so many people try to force Christ down people's throats, and I feel like that's why so many people have the wrong ideas of what it means to be a Christian. Yep. Because our jobs are to show people love, not make it seem like it's a cult. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> really well put, Terry. Yeah, you're you you hit the nail right on the head. That is true. And and I and I think a lot of times when I say it, and I've been doing a lot of podcasts and talking to people, and, and most of the time I think I'll just say it in passing. I don't make a big deal out of it because I'm certainly not out to proselytize, but you're right. Like if you mention it, people do look at you like give you the cult eyes like hmm is he you know <laughs> what's going on here and uh it's it's um it's too bad that that's how it is because i think most of us if it's not a christian belief you know it's you know we're jewish or we're muslim or we're we're something where we believe in god and we believe that there's something there and it's so funny how it's gotten so difficult you know, to just discuss it like you and I are discussing it right now without somebody looking at you like, you know, are you trying to convert me? <laughs> What's going on? It, it's so weird. Like this one day at work, I was just having a normal conversation with somebody and they were offended when I asked them if I needed to pray for them. And I just think that's so weird, like how people's mindsets are and yes, you that is strange. It, it would be like if somebody <laughs> asked me, "Can I pray for you?" I'd be like, "Please." <laughs> pray for me. I could use all the prayers and blessings that I could possibly get in my direction. But well, you're right, man. I think people are—I don't know—because I guess, of course, as is anything in life, even the the, the most beautiful um, things in this world are corrupted by some people who 
try to find a way to make a buck off of it or to, to turn it into something for their own grandizement and power. So I guess Christianity and Catholicism and ha have gotten their share of, of those people. But like Terry Wood has it. OK, I mean, everything, true. You know, everything has. There's nothing more beautiful than democracy and freedom. It's a beautiful thing, you know, but. Um, people have taken that and they've turned it into a, a lot of people have turned it into greed and have turned it into hatefulness or have turned it into bigotry. And it's got nothing to do with with democracy or any of those things. But people look at it and they think, oh, you know, they twist it into into being what it is that works for them. So unfortunately, people have done that with Christianity, too, and, and it gives it a bad rap. But I hear what you're saying, dude. Sometimes I say it, man, and I see people's eyes glaze over like they're going, you know, is he going to hand me a pamphlet or something? What's going <laughs> to hand you a pamphlet? I just, you know, love God. I love Jesus. You know, I pray. It's like, sue me. I don't know. That's where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to I I wanted to pray for that person so bad just out of spite when they told me when they were offended by you out of spite. <laughs> I'll show you and pray for you. I like that. I think that's what Jesus was talking about. <laughs> that is great. Did you pray for him? <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, what's um, some more information about the upcoming film you're working on? Well, the upcoming film, uh, we're just getting started and um, getting some folks in place, uh, moving forward with it. It's called Sam's Hidden Pieces, and it's a, it's a, it's really about. Um, love and romance and self-discovery that can exist um, for baby boomers. Uh, people sometimes think that we get over 50 and, uh, you know, that we're just playing bingo and, uh, <laughs> and you know, mowing the lawn. And, uh, you know, people forget that, you know, boomers my age, you know, we're the punk rock generation. So, you know, we're, we're not like really the, you know, that's not for us. And um, so it's really a story about this woman named uh, Sam. The film's called Sam's Hidden Pieces. And Sam um, uh, goes back to her small town to take care of her mother. And when she goes back, because her mother has had a, a, an accident, she reconciles things in her past as well as a, a love relationship that existed in her past. And as the, the story progresses, all these forms of self-discovery um, and and uh, self-awareness starts to uh, to pop up, uh, so it's really a it's it's really a, a story about confronting your own demons and working through them. And uh, not to say that you can't go home again, because sometimes you can't go home again. Sometimes going home is exactly what the doctor ordered. I and, and to game day, you know, as I said, I I'd come out here when I was eighteen, and I am a Philadelphian. I'm from I'm from the Philly area, so. Going back um, to film and spending that much time there, because I've been going back and forth for business of the movie and stuff, as well as the almost four weeks of shooting and stuff that we did. Um, I'll tell you, Terry, it was just the most beautiful, 
cathartic experience for me. I mean, we, my wife had never been, she totally fell in love with it. My kids were all Philadelphia fans, even though my kids were born out here, they all root for the Philly team still and stuff. So um, going back there and seeing it, we just, we love it. And uh, the next film, Sam's were uh, hoping to do in the Philadelphia area as well. And so that's kind of what I like to do is have a place back there in Philly, keep our place here and, um, you know, keep cranking them out, man. Yeah. It sounds like uh, Sam's uh, Hidden Pieces will be a good movie. Thank you, man. I, uh, I I feel really, really good about it. And the script has gotten great response. I have a really uh, terrific uh, director uh, attached to it right now. And uh, we're, we're working on some, some of the uh, putting getting the pieces in motion and stuff, but uh, looking to, to also work with some of the folks back there that we worked with um, before on game day and um, really, really excited about it. And uh as far as um, Edgar and John Paul, um, who were uh, the executive producer and director and producer of Game Day, they um, they've got a new one that they're working on too, um, which looks like it's going to be fantastic. And I'm hoping to to be a part of that as well and and, and uh, have a role in that. And Pete and Val, who are the co-producers of Game Day, and they they I think we're gonna are gonna be involved with uh, Sam's as well. And, um, you know, it's like a family, man. I mean, you know, uh, it's like any workplace and you, you find people you love and you find people you respect and you find people that you want to keep working with. And I, I again, back to, uh, <laughs> to God, I think that he puts us together with people in situations. And I think that, um, like you and I are together here talking right now, you know, and, and I think that, uh, it's done for a reason. And I, I always trust that uh we're on the path that we're supposed to go to so yeah i'm excited about the next one man i'm just excited to get up every day terry i wake up man and i'm just like thank you lord i got three sons a beautiful wife my parents live with us they're in their 80s i get to do what i want for a living my philadelphia eagles didn't really get it done this year but you know there's always next year man <laughs> um i'm kind of curious since your parents live with you do they like still like have the mindset since they're their parents? They kind of boss you around, tell you what to do if you know, they live with you. Well, you know, I mean, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Um, my dad, my dad um, was a corporate executive, and he held all kinds of you know really important jobs. He traveled the world over. We 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 moved in a lot of different places growing up. Um, so he's a, he's definitely an alpha male all the way, and he's a guy that's used to having things done the way he's used to having those things done. Uh, I left home when I was eighteen, uh, not because I had a bad home situation, but because my I can't remember where I think they were moving to Dallas. To Dallas, I think is where they were moving to, and um, and I was living in uh, San Diego at the time, and I had just gotten an agent in L.A. and I was like, eh, I think I'm gonna go to L.A. So uh, we hadn't lived together since I was 18. So it was a while, you know, it was a minute. And uh, so let me tell you something, Terry. Let me tell you, man, those dynamics, they don't change. It's exactly <laughs> the same, man. And, you know, like my mom is like, my mom is like, she gets up at seven in the morning and starts cleaning and cooking. And she does not stop until 
cheat it till nine o'clock at night. And that has not changed one iota. And man, don't dirty her kitchen. Do not dirty her kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> do not want to dirty her kitchen, okay? Or, or, or even get in the way of that little five foot one train, man. You do not want to <laughs> well, uh, Yeah, man. I mean, it, it, some of those dynamics, don't, they don't change at all. But, you know, I'll tell you something, Tara. We, as is exactly is the case in, in the movie, we have three generations here. My mom and dad, me and my wife, my youngest son, who's 14, and my middle son, who's 26. And we're all here. One big, loud Italian family, man, right here. <laughs> Our That's <neighbor>. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Every Sunday, man, yesterday. I, I tell you, yesterday could have been a scene out of game day. It was like <laughs> football. Arguing with my with my middle son, um, <laughs> just it really was. It, it was it was yesterday was a little piece of game day, man. <laughs> That's funny. Well, um, I'm going to have to get off in a few minutes. I gotta go to work tonight. So um, before uh, we stop, was there anything else you'd like to uh, talk about? Um, I just, a couple of things. One thing I'd like to say is, um, for those who want to come and see uh, our movie, uh, it's on Amazon and it is on uh, Vimeo. And the best way to get it is to go to our website. Easy. It's www.gamedaythemovie.com. Again, that's www.gamedaythemovie.com. And if you go there, um, there's links to get it on Amazon or to get it on Vimeo. Or if you have Amazon, you can just go right on there and put in game day and uh, you can rent or buy it. Um, uh, very, very proud of it, Terry. And um, we really, um, I, I will. And I, and again, I want to thank you for the comment that you made. And, and we've gotten a lot of that where um, you see a lot of aspects of your own family in it. And we, we always say um, when we talk to folks, um, I challenge you to look at this movie and not see at least one family member that you have in this movie because they're there. Um, so I, I think there's something there for everybody. And it, it doesn't matter if you're Italian Americans from Philadelphia or you're Irish people from Boston or, you know, you're, you know, Mexican people from, from Los Angeles. It, it does not matter. It, it, you will find somebody in there that you that you know and i think um we did our absolute best to pull no punches and to uh tell the truth and we really came at it with a open heart and um really tried to tell people um hey this is some of the stuff we've experienced and this is what we go through and this is what we've known other people have gone through some of these things so we tried to be honest with everybody and we uh certainly did our best um, to give them everything that we had in the movie. So we hope that you give it a try, give it a listen, give it a watch, um, go out and get game day. And uh, we will, uh, we, uh, we hope you enjoy it. And thank you, man. So, so much for having us, uh, having me on and ha having me be able to talk about the movie. No problem. It was a amazing movie and definitely one that's not made as much anymore. And very enjoyable. Thank you, Terry. Well, we love that 70s cinema, early 70s cinema, and we definitely try to be true to our heroes like William Friedkin and Scorsese and um, 
Coppola and all those phenomenal filmmakers, man, from the 70s. So we, we think that that y'all like it. Uh, we, we we're very, very proud of it. And Terry, thank you for having me, man. It was great. No we, even got, we got to talk about God a little bit. How about that, man? Yeah, that's awesome. I wonder if, I wonder if anybody's going to look at us weird when we live here, man. We leave. <laughs> be like, Don't be handing me any tracks, man. Don't be trying to convert me. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny, though, because, like, it's so awesome. Like, um, I had this crazy story once where I uh, – I rededicated my life to God because I realized that I was treating people in my life like crap. And so it was like the day after I rededicated, uh, I was working at a job I hated and I didn't have any money in my bank account. And I forgot I didn't have any money. And I went to sauna to get some breakfast. And the second I realized I had no money in my account, I couldn't pay for my breakfast and I'm wasting everyone's time. The electricity in Sonic goes completely off, and they had no choice but give me my meal for free. They didn't charge me. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I, you know what, man? And that's how it works. Sometimes sometimes it's just that amazingly evident that there it is. No, God, God bless you, man, and, and God bless Sonic for losing that uh, electricity right at the right time. Right on time, even for breakfast, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, hey, keep fighting the good fight, man. That's what we're all going to do, right? Right. It was wonderful having you, and I look forward to us working some more in the future. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me, Terry. And have a have a good day at work and God bless you. And folks, that's again, that's game day. www.gamedaythemovie.com. All right. God bless you, brother. God bless you too, pal. Thanks for having me, man. No problem. Bye. Bye.